because like I could I couldn't go, I couldn't tell you what a transformational story was, and yet I could coach her or I could give her feedback that it wasn't that what she was doing was not a transformational story. And like through the two things, it's like we work together and I mean she told this incredible story. Hmm. It was just I mean it was just amazing. See now we all want to hear the story. That's right. That's what I that's what I want. I want to hear the story. It's for women only. <laughs> I'm Jane. <laughs> That's like Porter walking up on the women outside the front. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but yeah, you could see the car, you could see, you know, like the parking lot, everything mm -hmm. they were when yeah. you're telling that story. Yeah. And I was, I was laughing so hard when he was telling the story about the um, about when he was younger and he was in Baldwin. And someone oh my goodness, the party. <laughs> oh, it was like, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was like sitting, I mean, I could just see it was like sitting there. <laughs> I remembering this movie, The Never Ending Story. That was a great movie for what we're talking about. He, he really did get transformed into the world depends on me. Hmm. Him being who he got invoked into being in the story. How did we lead up to the tran the transformational story? What did we do? I don't know, but I failed. <laughs> it was when we, well, we did the story to the, we did the enrolling yes. people into whatever yeah, we the thing was first. Right. right. Into rolling what? Conversation. Yeah. Rolling we conversation. Like giving a one minute presentation. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Can't remember what was before that. We did that Friday morning. We did that one on Thursday night. It was Thursday night. Yeah, it was Thursday night. Yeah, it was after we did the Nelly. Yeah, correct. It was Friday night. No, Thursday night. Thursday night. I forgot the date. Yeah, we did the no and the yes. Okay. The no say yes. Define. Get them to be silent. Did we do the spelling thing? Yeah, the spelling. Definition of words. Oh, okay. So then we did the one-minute presentations before we did the stories. Yes. Okay. 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 Great. Great. Got no, it. I thought the one-minute no. stories were before we did the. Yeah, they were. Shifting identities. Oh, that. Shifting oh, yeah, identities. Right. You're, you're right. right. That same day. No, I knew no. that. I thought that. I'm just saying that. Oh, you're right. One-minute okay. stories was a different day too. Thanks. You know, Clint, I had a question about the define um, and the spelling. <laughs> Betty Lou and I were talking about this this morning, that when we were asked to define something, that's when you do it in your body, like you could define something. Mm -hmm. But when I was asked to spell something, I went to my head to figure out the spelling. Was mm -hmm. that the, the reason for that exercise, to see the shift between your head and your body? That exercise has a lot of reasons, okay. really a lot of reasons. Okay. Do, you, do you still feel the coaching that you got when you were saying, um, uh, the stalling, the repeating back, the thing? Yeah. Spell what? You spell Eucopolis? Yeah. Well, I spell everything wrong, so. Yeah. Well, it's all this stuff that comes up. Oh, yeah. And it's, that's how we're interacting with the world. Like, all that stuff is, is coming up all the time rather than being present. So it really gives you an opportunity to just get right there and get in your body. And it's actually your body that spells also. Like, your mind you don't use for much, actually. Because <laughs> I kept trying to visualize the it's word. Yeah. 
Well, it's not. You don't even. You just don't even think about it. See, at that point, you were still. You had no reference point for being in the body. Actually, you were still up there. So you're trying to think and how to spell a word. Forget it. Spell the word. Boom. You just spell it. That's it. It's spelled, and it doesn't come from thinking. What you know? Define rose. Define potato bug. You know, it just comes out. So that yeah, there's a lot of purposes in that, and. Do you remember those exercises? Did you ever do those? Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't. Now let's bottom up. You didn't do those. You didn't. You weren't in that communications class we did. All I remember was the pencil trying to get that across the room and people yelling at you. What? Tell me that. Well, the idea was when you're on the ocean, you have to be fairly clear because this stuff happens on the ocean. Like the wind comes in, you break the booms, you know. Uh, so the intent was to be present body in your experience, but everyone was supposed to distract you, and you're supposed to take a pencil from one person from one point of view, and to the other person the other, and you had 15 or 20 people yelling, screaming, they couldn't touch you, but they tried to distract you through words, intention, movements, and so forth. That was, that was that. So you're just trying to walk through the room with this pencil? Right, and everyone was trying to distract you from getting over there, and the other person would move, too, when you had to get the pencil, too. No. So, Take it from one person to get it to somebody else. Right. You had to use your voice to get the pencil, and you take this. Or well, you couldn't use your voice at all. You just had to be there, looking for the other person. People would try to draw you out through okay. humor. Hi. Well, through humor, through uh, yeah, they would yell. Just try to hook you. And try to hook you. Right, right. So, yeah, so they would try to hook you. Okay. The intention is to try to just stay in your being, try to find that person. That was the idea. Kind of like bull baiting with pencil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when, when we did this with Marilyn, with this, this communication exercises, there was this one where she was just trying to get me to say something, anything. And so all the normal stuff didn't work. And so she was doing this other thing. She pulled out this pack of cigarettes. And she, I, you know, at that point I was, I couldn't handle cigarettes at all. She stuck one in my nose. <laughs> I'm sitting there with this cigarette in my nose. Like, and I was shaking. I mean, I was like shaking because I just, my whole idea, I was just trying not to say anything. Trying not to say it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> she goes afterwards, she did you know you were shaking? I was just thinking of uh, the magic school bus. Have you ever seen that show? I've read the books and books. I think. There's a cartoon that's the Magic School Bus. And it's the teacher named Frizzy? Frizz? The Frizz? I think so. Yeah, and um, they go on adventures. Like, somebody cuts their finger and they get on the bus and they shrink themselves down and they go into the blood system and they teach all about the inner. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's what we can do. We're using stories on purpose. But we're actually using stories unconsciously to do the same thing serve unconscious purposes. That's what I mean. So it would be a conscious purpose storyteller is, is the thing. And then you go on different voyages. It is just so uncommon for us to go on voyages anything other than low drama. Yet high drama voyages are, are awesome. You know, we can go on a high drama voyages just as easily as we can go on low drama voyages. But we need high drama storytellers. So that's our job in the world is to be high drama storytellers. And that's what we calling creating possibility, but it's really a high drama storyteller.
transformational storytelling. So you're saying the story comes from your body through your mind to the other person? Or are you actually taking the person into, into you, they're taking their mind into you, and they're experiencing something from you? I don't know. I know it's an energetic thing. And I experience it that when somebody who's telling it a transformational story, or even a low drama story. When you get sucked into a low drama story, it, reality shifts, you're in a different box, and it's the box that's what Rose said is invoked by that other person. And what I want to say is what human beings are is invocational animals. We are animals that invoke. This is what we do. We are masters and experts at invoking. And we do it through very subtle and powerful ways and that's what we do. I, we talked before, like you go into a room and every object in the room invokes something. And every everything about our clothes, everything about our uh, mannerism invokes something. And so we're already invoking, but the invoking is mechanical. So the shift would be to make the invocation on purpose and use the invocational for transformational purposes. <coughs> and so you're telling it an invocational story sucked into and what you walk away with rather than less energy or less possibility or like you know drama you get persecuted rescued or victimized that's what you get from those stories what um, what you get out of the king warrior magician lover stories are other other possibilities you walk away with new possibilities new options new uh, new visions new new ways to move energy who you are being is different. You get changed. And that's who that's who we're being trained to be as transformational storytellers. I mean, Nancy, what you do professionally is you are a transformational storyteller. You probably don't look at it that way. But people come to you, and what do they come to you with? A problem that's yeah. being shipped. Was it a high drama or a low drama? A low drama. Yeah. And so you're going into a low drama situation, and your job is to reinvent reality by telling invocational, high, high drama, transformational invocation story. And then they, they have a new reality to function in that you gave to them. You, op you made this space for them to come in with you into that space where reality is different from where they were before. And as, as long as that reality can stay with them, then they can have new possibilities. And if the way that that new reality stays with them the best is if you tell a really good story with it. And they it just kind of goes into them. And then they can walk away and be in their lives differently. So when you walk down the street, like there's all of these things trying to get your attention to tell you a story, you will be happy, wealthy, and with a fantastic lover if you buy Fords. <laughs> You know, and that's trying to get your attention. That is a story that's trying to get your attention. The radio comes on and says, and here's the news in Botswana land, and buy aspirin, and this will solve the war in Botswana land. Or whatever the, you know, all these forces are out there trying to get our attention and to suck us into these stories. And pretty soon you, 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 have, you start to develop an aversion to, hey, this is my attention, and I don't want to come home contaminated with all of these in stories that are for low purposes. I want, I want an environment, you know, I want to filter that out. 
it's used to start managing your attention. And because where your attention goes, your energy flows. So you have to start managing your attention and, and take care of, like, who's got a hold of your attention so <coughs> that you're not just knocked off center and sucked dry. By the end of the day, you come home completely exhausted and drained. Why? Well, you know, you've been watching advertisements from all these masterful storytellers who are just trying to suck your attention into these to these invocations that are about buying stuff, basically. Well, after I come out of one of those sessions, though, I'm pretty drained because I've really focused my attention. So I want to offer you a new model. That's what, I, that's what I was hearing. Well, there's two parts to that. One is, one is that without knowing anything else, mm -hmm. when we're doing that kind of work, what we try to use is our own energy. Call that primate energy, just monkey energy. They're biological. You know, how many bananas did you eat? That's how much energy you have today. And that only goes so far. It doesn't allow us to really do anything other than what a standard human body, human being, primate like this can do. So still, we can direct that different ways. And it's important to pay attention, like Porn was talking about last night, about where that goes. You wake up with so much energy, what are you going to do with it? Where does it go? And so that's one thing. But being a transformational storyteller, you have the possibility of invoking forces that are greater than yourself to, to be present in the space that you're working in. And that energy is readily available to anybody who would align themselves to be of service to those, we call them forces or principles. They're actually principles. They're actually... actually Facets of God, actually, is what they are. If you took a, a diamond, has all these facets on it, it's like this, this miraculous thing. Well, each thing, like, you know, dedication or simplicity or um, joy, like all the things we've been talking about in terms of principles, are just aspects of God. You go on the internet and look up uh, Muslim, Muslims, they have this, you can Sufi, they can look up a list of the names of God they have, 99 names of God. Every one of those things is a principle. It's really God the benevolent, God the joyous, God the generous, God the like this. And they're all, it's really cool. You go in and go, hey, we are in alignment here. So those forces are readily available if you're, if you are, if you call the invocation in the name of those principles. So. That's why, you know, it would have been valuable to do <laughs> the distilling destiny process because then you know those principles align with you. You have to get. Do you guys hang out together? Do you guys? No? Well, we are in the women's group. Yeah, you guys should do their process in the women's group or something. I mean, getting the getting what the principles are is pretty simple. You just start asking those questions. What's your favorite book? What do you like to eat? What, what do you like to do? If somebody gave you twenty-five million dollars, what would you do with it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't give them away yet. <laughs> I'm not sure why yet. But 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 you can come to the intensive in October and guarantee we'll do it. Do it. And you can make sure he knows it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you walk into a you walk into your meeting and you say, okay. In your mind, you go, okay. Uh, let's say let's say one of your principles is clarity. Because I think that it is. Like I heard you.
creating clarity for other people and yourself all during the intensive. So, so I could probably just assume that one of the principles that you serve is clarity. And another one might be possibility. So I'm not sure, but that in the business you're in, that you guys, that's what you're, that's what you do. So let's assume one is clarity. So, I'm, so you walk in, you go, okay, in your mind, energetically, you go, okay, hey, I am in the service of clarity. I'm calling this meeting together. We're having the three of us now, whatever, in the name of clarity. That's who, that's who I am here. So all of a sudden, the name is, the meeting is called together in the name of a principle. And that's the diagram that we drew, the third relationship diagram, where you had the two people being in the middle was this gap, and in the gap where the conversation could happen about principle. The principle was, in this case, clarity. So then what happens is, is you, uh, there's another picture that I can just draw right here, which is uh, what you're doing is um, you become a space because you're doing doing adult listening. Mm -hmm. So who you are is a space. So here's the other person, you know, and they're they're talking, whatever. But then then it comes time for you to talk. Mm -hmm. So if you're a space, who's talking? If there's nothing there, what's talking? So there's actually something like this, where this up here is the principles, mm -hmm. and this you actually get to speak from your underworld, actually is the archetypes. So who's speaking then isn't you. So you are speaking as a space. So that's that's what you're actually doing. You can tell this. It's like when you're doing mediations or if you're running a meeting or if you're doing something that's on, mm -hmm. it's on when you're not there. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The best stuff happens when you are not there. Excellent. When I know what you you're just talking. It's just going. It's just coming out, and it's serving them. It's just really working. Well, are you are you sourcing that? <clears throat> it's not coming from Nancy. It's coming from either the principles that you're serving, mm -hmm. which so you're actually uh, the space through which the principles that you serve can do their work. Okay. That's who you are. So that's why at the top of the uh, pyramid of identity, the top one was I am. But I am equals space. So then that's that, in our model, the way we would do that is the I, there's really no I, it's just am. It's like who you are is the clarity that you're the space through which the principles that you serve can do their work. And then that's what's speaking. So you're, you're just committed to holding the space for something greater than yourself. And in, a, in addition to that, the archetypes can come in. You know, the, the archetype just pops up and pulls out the sword and goes, no, or stop, or like um, creating clarity or makes a boundary, whatever. Or the, the, the lover comes up, the communicator, and like, just drops into sadness and then just vulnerability. Or the magician comes up and says, something different, is co something completely different from this is possible right now. That's what the magician declares as the tool. Something completely different from this is possible right now. No idea what it is, but it goes orthogonal into that because it's okay to be terrified and move in that direction and just keeps talking. So that's what's talking. So it's not you. It's this, um, and so that's what we're talking about in terms of storytelling. Is the you, you're you you've got the the chamber or the space that you're working in is called forth into existence and invoked in the name of a principle, one or more principles that you're working in to serve, and then 
then the story comes through. So and that thought that's on purpose. This is what we're doing all the time, actually. But we're calling forth underworld unconscious purposes and principles, and that's what usually talks. This is absolutely incredible. I've taken a course in transformational mediation. I've read books in transformational mediation. And with a simple little picture, you've explained it ten times better. I have, I, I mean, it just blows me away. Me too. Man. Well, Woo. get together 30 mediators and we'll have a class. Seriously. I mean, I'm just, I, I mean, wow. So that's what this is called, transformational mediation. Yeah, this is what I call possibility management. That's what I'm training just, managers for. That's what mediation is. Yeah. And, 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 and when it happens, it's, it's really incredible. Yeah, but it, you don't have to leave it to chance when you have some models like this and some exercises. Like we didn't, we didn't work at speaking as a space much. I mean, that's what was happening still a lot, but we didn't consciously talk about that during the intensive. We could do that more. So actually, both people, if they're in the right space, can have a communication with the space, with the space that is in between. In other words, each can invoke if they want to, whatever they choose to keep elevating the conversation. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful experience. Yeah. I, when you see it happen, it really is beautiful. It will be a lot easier now. I'm sorry. But that is the invitation. Thank you. You're welcome. So the When you walk out the door and go back into conventional life, then what happens if you stay tuned to what we just talked about? Then the stories that everybody's trying to tell become not reality anymore. They become just another story. And then when you're, talk when you're talking to your parents, and you're on the phone, and your parents are doing this thing, the thing that your parents always do that used to really torque you because you thought it was real, or it was important, or it was relevant or something like that, whatever justification you gave to get hooked by it, it was, now you can just hear the thing and go, okay, that's just a story. So I can either get in that story, and then if I'm in that story, then reality's like that. Or I can um, hold, you know, I don't have to change that story. I can still just know that it's a story. And it's a, usually a story like that's based on positions and it's defensive. And it's positionality and defensive, and that's the context of that story. So what's being invited here is for us to be telling stories not in a defensive, um, positional context, but in an expansive rather than defensive, and principle-based rather than um, positional-based story context. So it's a completely different context. So the the. The, the expansive, principle-based context includes, it's bigger than, and it includes, you know, yeah, it's bigger than and holds. It's, it's a 
it includes the other defensive positional context. So um, it's bigger than it. It's more fluid than it, and it subsumes it. So if you if if you refuse to get hooked into a smaller conversation, and this is what gremlin is good for, because what what gremlin can do is keep like a hairy paw out of the back of your bubble into and it can reach out and suck you in anywhere you want to go. If you're if you're in a conversation that's too small for you, you just reach out backwards through the through the bubble of the conversation with your with your gremlin's paw and just pull and all of a sudden you're popped into a different context out of that one. And you can choose which one you go into or you can just pull out of it. Because the gremlin can destroy any space at any time for no reason. That's what gremlin is masterful at. Chaos, destruction, I win, you lose, fuck you, I win, you die. It's like, that's what gremlin is good at. So you can use it to serve you in some circumstances like this. You just say, gremlin, get me out of here. And the gremlin just pops it out. And you don't have to kill the other person, but if they're in contact with you, if they're in contact with you while the story is going on, and you, you go backwards 90 degrees out of relative now, so you're, you're popped into a, an orthogonal space, they're with you because they're in contact with you. They're, you're in, they're in contact, you, you reach out back, you stay in contact, reach out backwards and pull like this, and all of a sudden we're having a conversation about something completely different from that in a different context. And they don't know the shift actually happened because they're with you. So is that what you do, change the subject? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. stories about 
for example, people who were locked away in Nazi prison camps and dying, you know, from starvation and exposure to the elements, and them having these incredible lives in there, and relationships in there, and or getting out of there, you know, just getting out, one, you know, in amazing ways that were just not possible in a linear, identified, based on circumstances conversation. So we all have those powers available to us if we, we want to load the software for that. Orthogonal, transformational, invoke stories, storytelling. You know, do you have a, is there a, what would your suggestion be about how we could continue to work with that or accelerate that even in camp? That would be cool. How could we use that? How do you think? Well, we've talked about having, we've talked about and intend, I think, after this, to start with a different way of check-in. So would it relate to that? What is that? Well, I can think of a lot of different things, but I'm inviting you to create it. Because if I, if I create it, not necessarily. Yes, and. <laughs> well, which, how would you want to do it? Though? I don't know. I just think there's. I think there's. So you could, a I invite you to do it right now. What about the, what about using fictional characters? Or thugging Like, what would be your way? Still. 
Yeah, I think that's true. It wouldn't even this wouldn't be. This is just another step. Whatever the formula in it. What if we didn't come up with something and rather just committed to creating it and have it show up however it shows up for each of us? In other words, you may have some magic that's really powerful magic that I'm not accessing. You know that you could you could walk in. Whether we know it or not, I think that's great. I mean, that feels that feel, that makes that I yeah I can do that and live with that, and that seems like the place to practice that and experiment with it. You can assume that what you think is possible is only one percent of what's possible. Mm -hmm. and if you make that assumption, that there's so much more possibility than what you're aware of right now. Then the story could be, what else is possible right now? And then you can just speak into that from not knowing but from the principles and the archetypes. And that could be a start. We I mean, could remember as we come into that space together that we are transformational storytellers. That's who we are. You know, just to remember that, hopefully that's not that we don't just do that there, but that we remember that as we walk in the door. See, how do we get into this conversation now? In part, there needs to be a listening that's capable of holding such a conversation. So we've been building a listening for that kind of stuff for a couple of years. And then there are some people who are guests here who haven't heard these conversations before, and but but they're not just they're they're trained guests. They're elegant guests. They're um, safe guests. They're so I'm not hitting the right words. It's like they're <coughs> qualified. Yeah, people. they don't. We don't have to diminish and scale down the conversation yeah. to accommodate them. We have had unqualified guests right. in here. And then the, the conversation is kind of limited to making it safe for them so they can go back out into their lives and not kill somebody. Just, you know, that they don't or us. Or us. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that possibility. <laughs> yeah, but how did we do it? Well, first, first we um, got present. So the way we were getting present was we were just unloading, you know, I invited us to unload anything that wasn't complete from the weekend, from the intensive. And then people kind of started to do that, and then that was, and I had a little black hole in the room, and I was flushing the black hole. So that was all brought in and flushed down. So we had a clean space again. We were continuously working in a clean space. And then, then at that moment, we were present enough to originate an, a new conversation so that's part of what you have to do in the mediation, too, mm -hmm. to get people present. And so there's, uh, I'm sure you have methods for doing that. But the second part is far more interesting. You have to do, you have to take out the garbage before there's any space for something new to originate. And, you know, you can do this in any meeting that you have at work. See, this is what, this is the kind of meetings that would turn people on at work. If a, if a manager or anybody had this kind of a meeting, you'd have an inspired team because they'd have possibility. Whereas if you come into a meeting with an agenda and here's a you know already decision, here's the information, it's like, like that, people just are gone. So so the way we did it was by coming get by getting present and then um, being a, like what I do is I just I have to wait around until I'm gone, and then 
when the thing that I'm serving shows up, then I don't have to worry about what happens next. So oh, it's taken, it takes some time to get used to that, some time to just, um, even though you don't know what's going to happen next, know that something will happen next that will be, be necessary for work. A lot of times I've given up coming to these meetings with any kind of a thing that I want to say, usually because you guys usually need something different from that night, then I get disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a distraction. Goes, we were right. going to do this. <laughs> but, but anyway, but on the other hand, you can you know you can go in and see, what I'm saying is what you need may be different from what I want to give, but that's the I. So then there's something else uh, that can come through, which is what is appropriate and needed and wanted by what's being called here. So on the other hand, last Thursday night when we met. I just um, flushed the toilet really fast, disallowed anything else, and said what I wanted to say. But it wasn't really what I wanted to say. It was what I had instructions to say, because it was just something that needed to be delivered so we could work with it later on. Anyway, <laughs> the, the reason I'm saying this kind of stuff is because, you know, we're not going to see each other, or I'm not going to see you guys for a while, and I'm hoping that you'll just be doing experiments like this in your everyday life with every conversation that you have on the phone or at work or in meetings or wherever that you are with new people you know that you meet at a, you know at the post office or wherever you're talking to people or with you know your parents or older people or the people that you anybody that you're talking with being with what what's the what's the transformational conversation that you're invoking into the space in that time like are you if you are ever feeling depressed, if you are ever feeling tired, it is probably because you're not creating transformational stories in the space. It's probably because you're pretending to be a victim of the space. So it's really easy to tell where you are on the map by your experience. If you're uh, shut down, cramped up, feeling depressed, feeling disappointed, feeling sad, feeling weak, feeling like any of tired, any of those things, that is the condition of not creating. And when, when you are involved in creating a transformational invocation story, telling that kind of a story in the space, if you're sourcing that, you are not. You know, your um, depression or fear or overwhelm or victim conversation will just vanish because it's superseded by the principles that are speaking through you and archetypes that are speaking through you. And that's why that's why I love enrollment conversations. That's why I love talking to people about possibility is because I just get bumped out of a space and something else happens and like it's great. Better than strawberry pie. <laughs> so it's better than you know, it's um, it's often described as the state of being in love. That's what it's often um, described as. It's like that's a it's a, it's a creating at that level. It's a full-fledged, totally involved experiment in uh, you know, who you can be. Who you get called forth into that. And that's like being in love, being alive. Something greater than yourself, being a force of nature, like Bernard Shaw says. And uh, so, yeah. <coughs>
hear it. So that, that's an indicator now. You can just use that. If you know what you're feeling, you know where you are on the map. It's that easy. And then the shift is stick out your gremlin, pull yourself into a new, <coughs> a new place, and start. Um, but don't let the gremlin take over. You know, that's the other thing, is that it's really tempting sometimes to let the gremlin just trash something and then go on and on and do what gremlin wants to do. One of the things. Watch out for gremlin. Because when you find that you become the source of a story, when you become a storyteller on purpose, then you're with somebody who's not a storyteller, who's not on purpose telling <coughs> And you find that you can weave a story, you can run circles around their story. You can completely just like you know, wrap them up in a little box, put a bow on it, and send them wherever you want. <laughs> then, then you have to watch out for Gremlin, because Gremlin will use that for Gremlin's purposes. So it can be used for, <laughs> can be used for anything, because it's just a tool. It's just what's happening. It's just uh, like you know, nuclear power, or you know, you know, a gasoline engine, whatever. You can stick it in a tank, you know, and ride around and shoot. Villages, and, or you can put in a lawnmower and make an elegant lawn. And you can do use the same tool for different purposes. <coughs> so you're under your own recognizance with these tools, knowing the instantaneous and irrevocable compensation that karma takes with this stuff. We should have you talk. Why don't you talk for a while? Uh, yeah, I have 30 minutes. What should I talk about? Well, what, you just said? what you're moved to, what oh, you're moved okay. to speak about. About karma? No, what you're moved to talk about. Because you have such a rich background with your meditation tradition and just the work that you've been doing with people and all that stuff. Well, what I find really interesting is how um, you give tools and awareness to the group find is that uh, some of the words and terms that you use are similar to some of the things that I'm aware of, yet you have an extremely succinct way of bringing it down to a very pragmatic level to create it as a very clear way to be. Whereas uh, my experience of being is to kind of observe the different states and experiences as I watch the feelings of emotions and experiences through me. And um, what I find is that uh, early on I used to be stuck in stories. I still have all your terminology, your words and stuff like that. But I used to be stuck in stuff, and of course I still am. But what I find is what I get stuck in is less. I still get stuck in it. The energy there is diverted into kind of a new place where there's more spaciousness, and they'll come up and they'll come through like waves, and I get an opportunity to experience and feel and see them. So I'm kind of a, kind of like a a boat on an ocean with many ports that I visit, and I stay in some ports longer than others. Some I have a harder time getting out of, but I'm watching my mind, feeling my feelings in my body, 
and motions. And so it's been kind of a uh, infinite tour of many places to go. But you have a way through your expression and your clarity to tell me about that island and let me know what those islands are about and how to navigate in those waters to create a smoother journey, a smoother vision, and a smoother life. Tell us a little bit just about your meditation studies. Um, the basic meditation practice I've used is this thing called Vipassana. Has anyone heard of Vipassana? Mm -hmm. Ask what a teacher was. Massachusetts, maybe insight meditation. Yes. Um, there's different forms of the pasta. Uh, what it means basically is mindfulness and uh, the experience of the moment to feel things fully, acknowledge what's so, but be equanimous with it. So we have charges on these different aspects of our experience, and through time, uh, we release them. But we don't use the mind. For example, uh, the 10-day meditation programs that you go to to initially start these programs. Three and a half days is uh, done with a concept called anapana. And what anapana is uh, a, con a technique to slow your mind down. And basically, what you do is you feel the breath come in and out of your nose for three and a half days. And whenever you have a, a thought, when you're aware in a thought, is to come back to the feeling of the breath. Breath is natural. It's in, it's out. It's something that's always with you. 